0: nine podcast studios this, this is the award-winning after nine with
1: scott and cat powered by tony Johal, broker at remax twin city your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it
0: happy motherfucking friday everybody <laughs>
1: uh there it is hey it's just the two of us today typically dave blazar joins us on fridays however dave is uh well we said it yesterday he is recovering God damn it, I'd love to tell you guys why. But I feel like it's going to be better coming from Dave himself. Yeah, yeah let him so say it. We, we are, if he, if he will. I don't even know if he's going to. When he comes back, though, we're going to try and beat a confession out of him. <laughs> right here on After 9. Uh, so you've got us today, and we're going to do a fairly short one, because I know you're busy, you've got shit going on. Uh, but there's a lot of things to talk about here. First and foremost, if you had told me yesterday, A famous Hollywood actor is going to shoot somebody today. And you gave me five guesses. Alec Baldwin would have been one of them. But in, in this case, it's not even that it was intentional. Like this was just a horrible, tragic accident. And it's sad as shit.
0: Yeah, it is sad as shit. I mean, you're not wrong. And this, the second that I heard about this, uh, I was like, wow, that takes me back to The Crow. And I don't remember it in the moment, but I remember watching The Crow. And this is a movie, by the way, that was out in the early 90s. And it was actually the late Bruce Lee's son, Brandon Lee, that starred in the movie. And I had no idea when I was watching this movie until my husband was like, oh, you know, this guy died filming this movie. And I was like, excuse me? And that piqued my interest as to what happened and prop guns. And I learned a lot about it at the time. So the second that I heard about this, I was like, I wonder if the exact same thing happened. So people are asking all the questions that you imagine someone would that don't know anything about this. Like, why was it a real gun? Why would they do that? They always use prop guns. But the interesting thing is, and I'm not saying this is the case, but obviously it seems like this is the case to me, that you still have to clean the prop guns. It's very important. And those people who are in charge of props on the film and the one that's in charge of the film, Rust, is definitely going to, I don't even want to say get a talking to, they'll be probably never do that job again because you're supposed to maintain those well. So if that's the case, that like Brandon Lee, there was a dummy shell left in the casing, he fired it, and even though it's a dummy shell, it still fires like a gun. So they could not, they could not save him. He ended up shooting himself. Or I believe, sorry, someone else might have shot him on set. Either way, he died. Horrible tragedy. You hope that Hollywood would learn from this. But here we are. So Alec Baldwin's filming the scene uh, in a movie. Now, it's actually not clear if the, it was an as actual role, like they were rolling camera, or if this was a practice or what happened. But it did require someone to fire a gun loaded with blanks. But either the gun discharged and shrapnel, Um, came out of it Uh, a dummy shell like I mentioned maybe I mean very slight chance but maybe an actual bullet was somehow accidentally put in there which I would have a lot of questions about
1: yeah either way tragic to even think about
0: tragic to even think about that so I mean not that you let's hope for anything in this story but let's hope it was just a tragic accident here but the cinematographer on set is her name is Helena Hutchins she's 42 years old and she was really really well loved I guess, in the filmmaking community, she was struck and she died in hospital right after she was struck. Now, two people were struck, and here's where it got a little fuzzy because some people were reporting that Joel Sousa, who was the director of the project, was struck and in critical condition. And then a woman who actually plays Alec Baldwin's sister in the movie clarified that is not true and he's actually left the hospital already. So thankfully, um, he wasn't injured um, critically, obviously. So that's good. But can you only imagine... And this is what I picture to happen. We don't know actually what happened. The investigators, that's their job, and they'll eventually release this info. But imagine you're Alec Baldwin, and you're either maybe um, doing a test uh, on, on camera, or maybe you're actually filming the scene, and you've got the dummy gun, and maybe you're waving it around in the moment. Maybe you're supposed to fire at something in the house. I don't know what happened. But the gun goes off. It's supposed to be a blank. And then you look up, and someone's on the floor because you shot at them.
1: Yeah, you shot and killed someone completely unintentionally.
0: You didn't know. So there's these, and I feel bad. I feel bad people are even taking these photos. I almost felt guilty Scott posting these at scottandcat.ca because we're talking about someone's life gone. But Alec Baldwin is seen on the side of the road. Uh, It looks like he's like dry heaving, basically. He's crying and sobbing after he left the sheriff's office and some assholes there taking photos of him. But I did post the photos because it does go to show you that obviously he's extremely distraught. If I were him, I'd never use a dummy gun. Like, I'd be like, nope, I'm not in any movie that requires a dummy gun. I'm done. Like, could you imagine?
1: No, I couldn't. But uh, listen, I've taken the Canada firearms course. And one of the things I think is the first thing they tell you loaded or not real or fake. You never point a firearm at someone. And while I do appreciate that this was a movie set and for the authenticity of the scene, they had to point a gun. I just don't know why it wasn't checked and double-checked and triple-checked just to make sure Mm -hmm. that this was a perfectly safe Mm -hmm. gun to use. To be honest with you, I just assume the guns they used on movie sets were plastic guns or something like that. There's some very real-looking pellet guns.
0: Well, if you watch – I mean I watch a lot of pretty hardcore movies myself personally um, that involve guns. And you, to get that effect, Scott, the blowback, the, that kick that you get, right? It's hard for actors to emulate that if they're just mm-hmm. using a plastic gun, for example, and bing, bing, it doesn't look real. So to get that effect, that is the reason why they fire blanks. And you see it in every single movie all the time. If I'm an actor, I'm looking at this story again, by the way, this is the second time this happened, uh, that we know of. There may have been more occasions, but Brandon Lee is just the first that comes to mind for me. If I'm looking at the story again, that's exactly what I'm saying, what you mentioned, These should be checked and rechecked. And I'm not doing any fucking scene where I'm either holding a gun near a gun without personally with my eyeballs confirming that you've checked and that that gun is safe to use or come up with a different way. Maybe we need to start looking at different solutions. I say we, I mean, you know, whatever movie makers, but it doesn't, two deaths with this is too, too many for Mm -hmm. a movie, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a fucking movie. And I understand they want that real, real look of it. I get it because I I do appreciate it as somebody who watches movies, but it's not worth a life. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree with you. Sad situation. Uh, The Baldwins, uh, Alec specifically, I I just can't even imagine what's going through his mind. Like You took a life. You didn't mean to take a life. You were put in a situation where you had to do it even though you didn't know it was coming. It's really, really unfortunate. really is. But we'll watch that investigation. Uh, Another quick follow-up from yesterday. The FBI has confirmed... That was Landry. He is dead.
0: Mm.
1: I don't think any of us are surprised. I mean, we touched on this basically (laughs) yesterday, didn't we?
0: We did. You know how many people, though, and they're all about the conspiracy, and I'm reading into it. I'm reading into it, and I find it interesting. I don't believe in it, but I'm reading it is that they are a bunch of people are like, well, what did they find, though? Body parts? He's still out there. His family cut his arms and legs off or something, and he's still alive. Like, okay, well, let's just fucking calm down, everybody. Um, I, I mean, a lot of people are questioning the FBI. Let's dig a little deeper on this because, yes, it is Brian Laundrie. Uh, you fucking coward. OK, you didn't want to face the justice system. That's fine. You're gone. Great. But I do find a couple of things interesting in this investigation because the FBI had already combed this place back and forth, this particular um, place that he was found, this Florida park, and they opened it and it was right after they opened it. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't it like a member of the laundry family who who, who found some articles that belonged to him?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I can't say for certain.
0: Okay. I believe if I'm not mistaken, I saw that maybe I didn't. Whatever happened, somebody stumbled upon the belongings and then thus leading to the remains by these belongings. And people are blaming the FBI for not seeing that. Like, why didn't you see it? If someone else saw it, like as soon as you opened the park back up in that area, because it had been closed for days as they tried to find the body or find him, I should say. Uh, anyway, a lot of unanswered questions here. Uh, the good thing is that piece of shit's gone. Uh, the sad thing is, you know, the families of both are are mourning deaths that didn't have to occur. Uh, some people are saying, well, Brian could have got murdered and this is an entire plot. And uh, OK, why don't you just leave that to the investigators? And I certainly will. Well, what I know is Gabby Petito was murdered and and everything, every sign points to Brian laundry So at least he's gone.
1: Uh, Just to say we did, here is just a little bit of the Lee County Sheriff's Office yesterday. Our thoughts and prayers are with Gabby and the families here. This is tragic, but I will tell you, today when I walked back there, I got to see firsthand the treacherous conditions that they were working on. We're talking about water levels up above almost the chest area. Rattlesnakes, moccasins, alligators. And these heroes go out there, while we can't change the outcome, we can bring justice. I know everybody wants to know exactly what's going on every second possible. Uh, all of America's watching, okay? But we'll never, never jeopardize an investigation to give that information out until the time is right. But again, I want to reiterate, these are very, very difficult conditions. I mean, you're searching in areas that you just can't walk up and look. It's not like you're searching a house or a car. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to cut it there because the vast majority of yesterday's news conference was the police basically trying to say we did everything we could. We were great. We did it, all the things right, because there's a lot of people who question the investigation and the fact that mm-hmm. you really mm-hmm. can't deny dog. The bounty hunter was right all along. That's exactly where the fucking guy was. Yeah. Now, dog didn't end up finding him. The the remains were discovered by cadaver dogs. But nonetheless, I mean, dog was on this shit. So I think the police are basically in damage control mode, trying to figure out how the fuck this got so sidetracked. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's go to a few other things here. I am, I'm really really disappointed in what's going on. You know, I uh, we'll, we'll talk about Doug in just a fucking second, but the the federal employment minister, the woman whose job it is to facilitate Canadians working, to set good conditions for employees and for employers, to lay out the ground rules, to create favorable conditions for creating jobs. That woman right there has said that she does not anticipate people who lose their job because they are unvaccinated are going to be eligible for EI. People that have paid into the EI system all their lives, When they need EI because they've lost their job because they made a choice, a perfectly legal choice, won't even be able to take advantage of the social safety net that is there for all Canadians. They won't even be eligible for EI. So to the one hundred and forty six, I believe it was to the one hundred and forty six employees at Sick Kids Hospital that lost their job today. One hospital, sick kids, the, the pride of Canada's healthcare system, sick kids' hospital, world-renowned, 146 people just lost their job because they took a principled stance for their own reasons, whatever they are, now aren't even eligible for EI. To me, Kat, that is so unCanadian. canadian And it, it's actually an opportunity here to maybe fix the system because I think that if the government... And this is federal. This is Justin Trudeau all the way. If the government is going to play favorites here and determine who is and isn't eligible for the social safety net that all of us Canadians are supposed to be able to use if we ever need it, then it should be voluntary. Those EI premiums that they take off your check every couple of weeks or twice a month, we should be able to opt out of the EI system because right now, I am so disgusted with that system that would turn its back on people who have lost their job and say, hmm, well, you should have got vaccinated. I'm sorry, but you can go back and listen to previous episodes where I explained why I think that if someone makes a choice to not be vaccinated, they're already dealing with a lot. They can't go to movies. They can't watch the Leafs or Raptors. They can't dine in a restaurant. They can't go to the gym. They can't, 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 can't do a lot of things. Now we take away their livelihood and then we tell them we're not even going to give you what you've paid into all your life. You can't even have that just totally discard people like a sack of shit. Then that's proof that the EI system should be voluntary and all of us should have the option to opt out. And if you opt out, okay, fine, you won't get EI if you lose your job. But right now, I'm kind of questioning if I would even be eligible for EI. I've paid into it tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars in my working years. I've been working since I was 15 years old. I've never used EI, never once, and I don't anticipate ever using it. It's nice to know it's there if I ever need it. But if I can't count on it being there, then I don't want to pay into it anymore. You know what? Fold the whole fucking thing. Let's go private on this. You can you can buy private employment insurance or you can use the government one. But the government one might cut you off if they don't like the choices, the legal choices that you made. That mm-hmm. tells me it's time to opt out. Minus and paternity we be leave, able to. by the
0: way. Minus paternity leave on that, though. That paternity. is. Paternity.
1: Uh, I've never even taken that.
0: I understand. But your significant other did.
1: She took. Uh... Oh, you mean uh, my ex-wife? Yes. Well, actually, she was self-employed. So not really, but nonetheless, it
0: it, it, it benefits people in, ter- in that in that way. I understand questioning it outside of those realms or maybe having to go through more layers of evidence that show that you have been trying to get a job. But when it comes to maternity leave, no, you don't touch that shit. That's EI's is there for a damn good reason. And even if you haven't personally used it, you've benefited from it.
1: Let me ask you, though, when the government can just arbitrarily on a whim decide, "No, you know what, this is something we want to do. And we're going to exclude thousands of Canadians arbitrarily without so much as a debate in parliament about it. We're just going to exclude them. Does the system really work? Because that tells me the system doesn't work. Our social safety net is exactly that. It's a social safety net. I know it's called insurance and And people instantly think, oh, it's like my car insurance, right? I pay every month, and if I ever get in an accident, they buy me a new car. It's not like this. The social safety net is there to protect you if you ever end up in the worst of circumstances. And, yeah, uh, maternity leave, paternity leave, that is all covered under EI. But I'm talking about if you lose your job. Mm -hmm. If you lose your job, you're supposed to be able to count on some some security from the government. They don't pay all of it, but they'll pay you a portion of it, and that's why you pay into it all your life in case you ever need it. But if we're going to start arbitrarily, Again, without even a second of debate in Parliament about it, taking it away from people because we don't like the perfectly legal choice that they made, then it's time to scrap the whole goddamn thing because it doesn't work anymore.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> it, there's layers to this. And for me, I go back to I don't understand why a hospital worker or someone who works in this medical profession isn't really putting vaccines as part of their plan to keep people safe. I I can't get over that. That's my opinion. And I know that we differ on that and that's fine. And I understand why hospitals are letting those go who refuse to take it because it keeps people safe from what we know. The EI thing is a whole new layer, but keep in mind, this is not the first time we heard of this because earlier this week, was it not in uh, Manitoba? They basically said the same thing there just for Manitobans. They said, you would not, you would have to go on unpaid leave and EI would not be available to you if you work in the health sector and you were let go. So there, so this is now happening here. It would already happen there.
1: Listen, you can't legally mandate that everyone get vaccinated. I think Trudeau would love to. No, he but this would love the way around
0: ho- it, isn't it? He,
1: well, he would love to hold you down and stick a needle in your arm and put whatever he wants in your body. That's the plan That's what he'd love to be able to do. Everybody mandatory legally has to be vaccinated. But of course, it's highly illegal for any government to even contemplate that. So I understand the incentivizing it. You know, we'll say, all right, fine. You don't want the vaccine. You can't go to a restaurant. You can't go to a gym. You can't go to a movie theater. We're going to segregate you. Okay, I mean, there's a case to be made for for uh, that being good for public health. And and I know, I know you can still transmit COVID and carry COVID if you are vaccinated. That aside, take that out of the argument. We have these Vax passports. We have excluded the non-vaccinated from society. Okay. But to not even consider the accommodations for people, particularly hospital workers, to not even consider an accommodation for them, We're just going to dismiss you completely out of our system. I still think that's wrong, particularly to the healthcare heroes, because I didn't forget that. I know some people have. I didn't forget calling them heroes and standing on my fucking porch, banging pots and pans together at seven o'clock. I didn't forget any of that shit because I still appreciate the work that hospital workers did during the pandemic to just unceremoniously and unsanctimoniously fire them now. I think it's wrong. But then on top of that, to add an extra layer of fuck you to it, they can't even take advantage of the EI that they have paid into. And let's be clear. Some of these people paid a lot into it over the years, a lot of money, and now it's not there when they need it. Mm -hmm. And I think that is wrong.
0: Mm hmm.
1: Let's talk about what's going to happen today with uh, the province. Hey, it looks like we may finally have caught up. You'll recall back in August, uh, we did come to the conclusion of step three and people were expecting, Okay, well, I guess we go to there there is no step four. So after step three, then, yeah, I guess the restrictions come off. The government paused step three back in August because cases were rising during the fourth wave. They never did get to what the models said they would, but not even close. But we did pause it, and it looks like Monday is the day we are going to come out of it. Today, Premier Ford is going to hold a news conference at 2 o'clock, which is code for about 2.30, 2.45. Yeah. Fuck you, Doug! Just- and he's going to announce that we are going to exit step three and restrictions on restaurants and gyms and bowling alleys and all those other small businesses are finally going to get lifted as of Monday. Basically, anywhere that requires proof of vaccination won't have these capacity limits anymore. They'll have the same freedoms as Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment does to fill their stadiums to capacity. Mm -hmm. Are you happy? I think that's progress. Yeah. I mean, what I don't understand is, and, and I don't know that they're ever going to explain it, Ford blew it off last Friday during his news conference and said we had a consensus, even though that's not an answer. I think that we do deserve an answer as to why the big businesses, the MLSEs, were allowed to have a two-week head start, why we left small businesses behind for a couple of weekends where they could have been uh, uh, increasing their business and getting more back to normal. It's very frustrating that those stadiums were allowed to go before small businesses. But again, let's keep in mind, this is good news. Good news. Doug, I'm glad you're finally doing it. Mm -hmm. Maybe it should have been sooner. Maybe it should be later. I don't know. I don't care. All I know is it has to be fair. And fair would have been small business along with MLSE at the same time. However, that didn't happen. And that was wrong. Another two weeks of business lost for some of those business owners. But now we're finally going to be on a level playing field. And God, I hope that it stays on a level playing mm-hmm.
0: field. We're, there's no mask mandate changes that we're, that we're figuring here, right? That's going to stay the way it is, and we're still being you know, um, told to socially distance, da-da-da-da. It's going to be the same thing, just basically up the capacity and help those restaurants, for example, restaurants, many other businesses that way, correct?
1: Yeah, I think uh, we don't know. They only leak the strategic parts that they want to be the, po- the topic of conversation today. So they leaked in advance that the restrictions would be lifted global Toronto has got a great story on that uh, if you go to globalnews.ca so they leaked that because they want people focused on the fact that restrictions are coming off there are some people out there not me but some that are also saying well then lift the damn mask mandates
0: oh yeah no 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 no. we gotta chill out they're not gonna
1: do that we gotta gotta
0: chill out a little bit I don't I don't see us doing that anytime soon either but hey that's it's progress and we've been talking on this podcast many a times about how we feel it's unfair both of us have and I'm I'm with you. I'm glad that some changes are coming and, you know, maybe late for some, but I suppose better late than later, (laughs) better (laughs) late than never. I don't know. I don't know. Better late
1: than really late.
0: Better late, better a little late than a lot late. I don't know. But I, I am happy for the businesses who have been calling for this for a long time. I do. I never feel unsafe. I never feel unsafe. Being at a restaurant, I've been to areas where there's, uh, the, where the capacity is higher. I've been to areas where it seems lower or less people, and I feel safe either way. So as long as we're doing all of the proper things we're supposed to be doing, you know, masks on when you leave the table, fine. At least we have the option and the ability to go, and those restaurants have the ability to have people dine in, and those businesses have the ability to have more people, you know, roaming their stores. I love that. That's, that, it's good news. It is late, but it's good news
1: uh speaking of ford and mlse and and we've all seen the pattern since the beginning of this pandemic the favoritism that went to the big businesses i mean we all remember the shit from a year ago when the small mom and pop shops were forced to be closed but walmart was open and costco was open we remember all that shit Mm -hmm. fuck you doug (laughs) And then MLSE got the permission to go to 18,000 full capacity in their stadiums when small businesses across the street from Scotiabank Arena and BMO Field were left in the dust at restrictions. So now it's going to be a level playing field, but I got to go back to last week when Ford did his news conference. I believe it was Laura Stone from the Globe and Mail who asked him, well, MLSE, you say, helped you develop the QR code system. And then they were allowed to open up at full capacity. Were they given any special treatment at all, Premier? And Doug said, No, fuck no, no, no. There was no special treatment, no favoritism there. That's just MLSE being good corporate citizens. Okay, well, let me read you Laura's tweet from this morning. New The Globe and Mail has learned Premier Doug Ford met privately with MLSE CEO Michael Fristal. In mister Ford's mother's backyard in July, reps for both say the meeting was unrelated to the vaccine passport app.
0: Uh-huh. Is anyone? Maybe believe- it was, it- <laughs> maybe it
1: wasn't, but that's kind of hard to believe. You yeah. mean to tell me that didn't even come up?
0: Yeah, didn't come up. I mean, I get some people are friends, especially when you have power and you live in and around the same area or city or whatever it might be. And uh, you do see each other a lot of functions. You do work together occasionally. So it is quite possible you become friends with those people. And maybe you'll get together for a drink. Maybe you'll hang out. But they're trying to tell us uh, hanging out there. Was, you expect us there, to believe there was no mention. None at all. COVID of COVID. QR codes of apps. Nothing.
1: Fuck you, Doug. Nothing at what? all. Nothing came up there. Know. Really? I don't know really? I don't know. Listen, this is particularly relevant right now because, yes, MLSE got that go ahead well before small businesses did. And I don't want to villainize MLSE here. I don't think MLSE did anything that any other business wouldn't have done. They wanted to be able to reopen, and they were allowed to reopen at full capacity well before everybody else was. Okay, all right. Oh, and MLSE also developed the app. Uh, Okay, all right. Maybe we can see past that. But let's keep in mind here. Back in July, when this meeting happened, was back when Doug said, I don't want passports. I don't no, no, I don't want a split society. Did he actually mean that? Because Mm -hmm. if he did meet with MLSE, which we know now he did, and MLSE was the company that did develop the app for us, then that doesn't really add up.
0: It's coincidence.
1: Oh, is it just oh okay. (laughs) fucking stupid me i didn't realize it was just Duh. a coincidence could have happened to anybody yeah. really doug could have happened to anybody
0: i'm not saying it's on the same level but doesn't it kind of remind you of like trudeau being like well i don't know any kill burgers i don't know what you're fucking talking about <laughs> <No>. <laughs> i know it's not the exact same but i'm just saying it was kind of reminiscent to me
1: <sighs> uh let's do today's I almost said vaccine passport. Uh, (laughs) Let's do today's podcast password. Today, you're going to text the word to 519-571-2328. 519-571-2328. Text just the word that we are about to say. Today's word is news. News. You're gonna text news to five one nine five seven one twenty-three twenty-eight. Somebody who does that, who texts in a podcast password, is gonna win a thousand dollars cash when we hit a million downloads. And we are so fucking close, Kat. I Holy know shit.
0: Now listen, before we get inappropriate pictures, he said news, not nudes. We don't want your nudes this time. We're no, just looking well, I mean, <laughs> just make sure you send it in a separate text. So your news. $1,000 entry still counts, okay?
1: That's Good. news. N-U-D-E. No, I'm kidding. It's Send news. Me N-E-w-s. news. N-E-W-S. N-E-W-S. Uh, before I go, can I just do one quick thing that is, it made me laugh this yeah, morning. Yeah, sure. It's uh, about A&W. A&W mm-hmm. is just a workhorse in the fast food industry. They don't get the same credit and clout that Burger King and McDonald's have. But they're clever as shit sometimes. And their new advertising campaign, I find it absolutely brilliant. Because they've introduced a new three-ninths pound burger. Three-ninths. The fuck is three-ninths? Why don't three-ninths. we just break it down to one-third? Because yeah. they have a one-third pound burger. And a third is, of course, more than a quarter. But as it turns out, A&W is smart enough to realize that the rest of us are pretty stupid at math. So their new commercial... Is brilliant. Listen to this. AW
0: launched an advertising campaign to promote a new third pound burger. It was bigger and beefier than the competition's puny quarter pound option. So, how come nobody bought it? Turns out, Americans are just terrible at math like, really bad. Everybody thought that one third was smaller than one quarter because, you know, four is bigger than three. Introducing the ANW three nights burger—it's bigger.
1: <laughs> I like that. You know, there's probably people who thought, "No, oh, three ninths—that's more beef than the, anywhere else. Oh, that's great." It is, but three ninths is one third, and one third is more than one quarter. Just because four is bigger than three doesn't mean anything in this <laughs> scenario. It's a goddamn <laughs> fucking fraction.
0: Look, I am not. I am not great at math, and we've talked about this before. Like, I but. I mean, I own measuring cups. I understand the difference between a quarter and a third and a half and a half and a, and a full. Like, how, people were actually that confused. Is that what they figured it came down to?
1: Yeah. Wow. It was confusing to people. People wow. thought, oh, well, that's one fourth and A&W is only one third. I want more beef. So I'm going to get the McDonald's one. No, I mean, actually, because it is a fraction, you would have had more with the A&W. But whatever. It's just math. Everyone is just math. That's so good. Oh, I love it. Uh, Oh, what are we celebrating this weekend? Before we go, let's give you some stuff that you might want to pick up. Sunday is National Mother-in-Law Day. Happy National Mother-in-Law Day. Oh, that's
0: great. Okay, I'll make sure to send her a nice text message if I don't get to see her.
1: (laughs) Tomorrow, Saturday, is National Boston Cream Pie Day. You know, of all my favorite cream pies, Boston is one of my favorites.
0: Oh, is it really? You know what? I don't don't blame you because I'm not a big fruit uh, pie fan. Like an apple pie, yuck, it's garbage to me. Uh, Not a big fan of pumpkin pie, whatever. But a good cream pie, I'm down for that too.
1: I wonder how many guys just snickered when you said that. Mm. It's also National Nut Day today. You
0: want me to say it, don't you? Say it. I fucking love nuts. Yeah, you do. I do. You do. Do you love nuts?
1: I mean, cashews, walnuts, peanuts. Generally speaking, most of them are OK. I realize the the corner you're trying to paint me into. You want me on tape saying I love nuts. But ah, oh, fuck, I just said it. God
0: damn it. I'm <laughs> to replay that. Hang on. Here you
1: go. <laughs> I love nuts. I love nuts. I love nuts.
0: There it is. <laughs>
1: You're just like Martha Stewart, Cat, Celebrate National Nut Day with Martha Stewart. I always love to go to a party where there's gigantic spicy nuts. Martha Stewart likes gigantic nuts. Nothing's worse than rancid old nuts. It just isn't (laughs) worth your time or effort. Martha says rancid old nuts aren't worth your time. And I think that the nuts are ready. She likes them warm. Warm nuts. They really smell good. Warming just brings out the fragrance of Nuts on National Nut Day, Martha Stewart loves warm, fragrant nuts. This is if you're really bad.
0: (laughs) There's nothing worse than rancid old nuts.
1: Rancid old nuts,
0: Uh, which ones
1: are the fragrant nuts? Are those
0: one of your faves? You got to warm them up just a little bit, and then you'll know.
1: Oh, boy. Fuck. Have a great weekend, everybody. We're out of here. Bye. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy.